Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. Here we go, folks. Saturday edition of FST. Thanks for joining us on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and happy Mother's Day to all of you out there. I know technically it's tomorrow, but we'll call it Mother's Day weekend, and we'll give specific shout-outs to our moms and wives and everything else later. Uh, Busy time of year. Uh, We got through kind of the doldrums of February, Joe, and early March. March Madness got us through the spring training session of baseball, and now we enter May, and we have a lot on the calendar. Uh, baseball is obviously in full swing. We have the Preakness coming up soon. I'm going to Beth Page Black next Friday to watch Tiger and Jordan Spieth and Lefty and all these other guys. Nice. Play golf at the PGA. Um football we're probably in a little bit of a downtrend as far as activity is concerned the mini camps and uh you know the, the kind of respite between otas but it has picked up on the fantasy front i'm actively in a dynasty draft you and i participated in another mock draft to get a sense of how these rookies fare i'm gonna make my pick live on air in the next hour Woo-hoo. since i'm live in my dynasty draft it's an idp dynasty draft league so which way will I go? Offense, defense. I will set it all up for you. Let me know where my team is at and if you think well, the picks make sense or not. Uh, we have, uh, let's see, what am I missing? The NHL playoffs are ongoing. I know this isn't much of a hockey show, though the show that follows us from 11 to 2 is with Cam Stewart and George Kurtz, uh, two hockey experts. But we don't spend a ton of time on the sport and uh, on this particular show. But the NBA is dialed up another one last night which is gold for talking heads like myself and joe and i'll bring in my co-host joe galena and say good morning to you and happy mother's day weekend to your wife fran yeah thank you thank you very much uh, how's it going like you said uh you know, I mean, the, the sports action uh, never stops. You, you mentioned we might be in a little bit of a lull when it comes to football after the draft and all that. But still, there's news coming out uh, all week. Uh, and uh, looking forward to you making your pick later on. Yeah, uh, as am I. I they're just a, a run of players that happened right before this pick, which bummed me out. Because I had targeted a couple of guys specifically three i would say three or four guys specifically and they all went in the last six picks or so uh it happens so Mm -hmm. you gotta pivot and you just have to have a list ready to go um but as i said the nba dialed one up last night and i as i said to joe galena before right before we got on air i was had a bunch of stuff to do yesterday running around visiting people and I had to listen to I listened to some local sports radio, some national sports radio, and I heard a couple of guys saying that there's no way the Rockets are going to lose last night. And I'm just telling you, I had a feeling that the Warriors might do a little something last night, kind of shock the Rockets and realize that I think the Warriors understood going into last night's game that they don't want it to get to Game 7 either. Even though it's going to be a home game, they have every opportunity to win the game right there with Steph and Clay and Draymond, and KD is a massive loss. But 
this team has won championships without KD, and they're still an excellent team all the way around. Are the minutes going to get to the starters? Well, they haven't yet. And Steph Curry puts another stamp on his second career. Second half, man. Yeah, 33 <laughs> points in the second half. He was brutal in the first half, but a lot of those shots were just short. He was just off, balls rolling off the rim. He just, he was cold, you know. He had... Uh, he just wasn't getting going, and then in this in the second half, particularly the fourth quarter, Steph Curry just proves why he is one of the best players, really of all time, and currently, uh, you know, in that top discussion for top player in the league. Yeah, and if you're going to be in that uh, that discussion, you got to show up. Uh, it, it, just the way he did last night in these type of games, and he basically just took over the second half. Uh, him and Clay Thompson came on, and uh, like I said, I mean, you know, looking looking at a, a guy like uh, Derek Jeter, he always came through in the clutch. And uh, uh, like you mentioned, Curry always in the discussion as being uh, one of the best players in the NBA. And if you're going to be uh, uh, in that kind of a consideration, you got to show up uh, when your team needs you most. He was 0 for 5, didn't score a point for the first 24 minutes of a postseason game for the first time in his career. And then uh, had three fouls, and he had a sit. So it really was looking pretty bad. But uh, through all of that, the Warriors were still in it. They They never got way behind. They were down one after the first quarter, and it's tied at halftime. The Rockets take a five point lead into the fourth quarter and promptly get outscored by 10 in the fourth. They lose by five. They're going home. Um, clearly a devastating loss for the Rockets. There were people that thought that, you know, last year they had that 0 for 27 in the deciding game. They were without Chris Paul. People thought this might be the year with the Warriors. Uh, you know, apparently this is the same thing similar to me to what happened with the Patriots. A lot of talk of the Warriors dynasty coming to an end. Kevin Durant is going to be leaving, which I believe he is. I I think everybody believes that he's going to leave. And maybe it's New York, maybe it's L.A., who knows? It's up to KD. But I think there's a lot of, what's the phrase? The um, talk of my demise is greatly exaggerated. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that's where we're at with the Warriors. People are looking to blow them up because KD and maybe even Clay are going to be moving on, but it doesn't mean they're still not the best team. And I think you've seen, for the most part, Steve Kerr's influence on their professionalism. It doesn't mean that they're not individually professional, but Steve Kerr, obviously, he wasn't as good. He was a really good NBA player, a very good role player, and an excellent shooter. And it doesn't mean that he has to be as good a player as these guys to teach them how to keep things moving in the right direction. He can't coach KD as to how to be more, you know, as to what kind of player athletically he can be, but he can keep these guys together and manage personalities and make sure that they're focused on the task at hand, which is winning the game last night. Screw the fact that arguably our best player is out. I say arguably because the Steph Curry KD debate is always it always swings back and forth. I would say KD, and I think most people would say KD is probably the second best player in the league or third best player. Kawhi, LeBron, um, but I just think that they sh- showed their professionalism last night in a really significant way. Their best player on, that's on the court last night struggling. Their best player on the team out, and they still come back and they win a game on the road. They knock a team out and a really good team in the Rockets. Yeah, and I think the comparison to the Patriots seems like a really good one. I mean, this is a team that uh, knows how to win, and, uh, you know, they didn't want to, like you mentioned, I mean, why risk it, take it to a seventh game, get it done now, uh, next series, right? They're probably going to get back KD, like you mentioned, DeMarcus Cousins probably coming back. So, That's right. uh, yeah, I mean, they are going to be the, the favorite uh, versus Denver or Portland? Certainly, yeah. That's that's I mean, a, the, it. Depends how heavy a mm-hmm. favorite. I, I think Denver's going to pull this one off, but that's been a dogfight that series, back and forth. We'll see how that one ends up. You know, we were deprived, I guess, of a third game seven, but we'll get them uh, for Sixers Raptors, and we'll get it for Denver Blazers. So, 
that'll be a lot of fun. The reports of my demise are greatly exaggerated. That's the word I was uh, searching for. The reason I compared it to the Patriots is for this reason. Obviously, both ongoing dynasties, but more specifically in terms of the talk that we had a year ago. It was didn't happen before this Super Bowl. It happened before the previous Super Bowl, the one they lost to the Eagles. There was a lot of talk of infighting and the Jimmy G trade and uh, Kraft and Belichick and Brady maybe not being on the same page. Maybe mm. Kraft and Brady pitted against Belichick. Now, I actually do think, I do believe those reports, that there's some tension there. But I said at the time... Yes, I think there's tension, but I didn't think it would distract them from their ultimate goal. I think there is a level of accountability and professionalism that exists in that organization and the Warriors that supersedes all the nonsense. Draymond, What Draymond Green was doing to Kevin Durant on the court at the beginning of the year was actually exhibiting a lack of professionalism. I thought it was uncalled for. And KD obviously thought it was uncalled for. And I think he just doesn't want to deal with it anymore, which is probably why he is going to move on. But it doesn't mean that he didn't play like one of the best players in the league and that they're not going to win another title. I think it's pretty apparent now that the Rockets were the top team that could knock them off. Now, do we have a Lakers situation in, oh, uh, what's the year I'm looking for? Oh, four. When the Pistons won, the Pistons were far, were an inferior team and Kobe and Shaq were sort of done with each other and they didn't play up to anybody's expectations and they lost. Like, could we see that with the Warriors? possible but i just don't see it yeah i mean there have been plenty of teams over the years in many sports that uh may not have liked each other you know the individual parts but uh you know when it came time to just like you said exuding uh, professionalism no one had to win the game uh, you know they just you know put their uh their issues aside and just did what they had to do so uh, you know kudos uh <laughs> kudos here yeah, these Warriors teams, the Patriots, and these aren't. I think there's other teams that had far more vitriol inside the locker room towards each other and clearly fell apart and or were able to win. You and I are longtime Yankees fans. Those late 70s Yankees teams, there were fistfights there. Yeah. Goose Great. Gossage and uh, Cliff Johnson. Broken thumb. In a fist great, fight great in the point. locker room. Yep. Mm-hmm. So Billy Martin and Reggie Jackson, there was always drama there. And they were Billy able to Martin win. and Ed Whitson, didn't they get into Billy Martin and Ed Whitson in an elevator or something? They got into a fight or yeah, something? Yeah, but that team didn't win anything. <laughs> I don't, I don't. But that team just <laughs> fell apart. But yeah, well, yeah, my, yeah. but to your point, like I said, yeah, the, those yeah. some teams hate each other and don't do anything. The Jaguars, mm-hmm. this past season, Jalen Ramsey was kind of open about it, about how he was done with it. Brandon Marshall and, uh, you know, the whole, all the Jay Cutler drama before they got rid of Brandon Marshall. Mm-hmm. There was all that kind of stuff. But the reality here is that I, I just think they're able to overcome it. The Patriots are able to overcome it. And you don't have to be best friends to get stuff done. And, you know, Draymond is a divisive character in that, you know, he's done some dirty stuff on the court. I think he lets his feelings be known to anybody and everybody that will listen. And I can understand in a working environment, whether it's basketball or not, where that would get old. I could understand that. And people might think KD's crazy to leave a situation like this. Maybe he is, but I'm not him. And I don't know how much he hates it. And maybe he doesn't like living there or he's, you know, he's just tired of dealing with that one guy. But, I just appreciate the fact that they are, what we're watching is pretty amazing. They're on their way to a three-peat. Uh, certainly more injuries can come and things can knock them off, but they're able to overcome something like that is is pretty crazy. Boogie Cousins and KD uh, just make them so much greater, but uh, obviously they're in a position where uh, I, I think that this was their greatest test of the postseason was up against the Rockets. Yeah, and maybe, you know, to your point, maybe there's a, an expiration date on all this histrionics that KD has been having to deal with, you know, behind the scenes. And, uh, you know, he, he has an opportunity to leave. You even mentioned the Knicks, man. If he comes to the Knicks and, and helps engineer, uh, you know, the resurgence of the Knicks to making them a, you know, perennial playoff uh, team, you know, that that's, all, you know, all more for his uh, reputation as a top player, no? 
Yeah, of course. It, it is. And I think KD and Kyrie are a package deal. I think they're going to the Knicks or the Clippers. And that's about it. Uh, I think those are the options that you're looking at. Um, I am concerned, obviously, that Kyrie is shown to be a malcontent and <laughs> the Celtics massively underperformed this year. I'm also a little concerned that the Knicks would get a version of KD that's a little older and has had a few injuries under his belt. So you may be not getting prime time for KD, but still one of the best players in the league. And they'll come back and they'll be playing the winner of that at Game 7 tomorrow. So it's Mike and Joe. We're going to get back to baseball after this. Happy Mother's Day weekend. John Engel producing. Mike and Joe here for the next three hours on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Be right back for FST. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. stuff here but uh, happy mother's day weekend thanks for joining us on the fantasy sports radio network so uh if you want to hit us up on twitter please do so at fntsy radio i'm at mike blewett joe is at joe galena so um mlb uh yanks with a big win last night and unfortunately joe is trying to ruin my weekend because (laughs) truth be told i had a lot going on yesterday um my mom was uh, in the hospital this week. She uh, appears to be fine, but I had to go over and visit her yesterday and was running around doing a lot of stuff related to that, spending some time in the hospital, uh, put the kids to bed last night, and promptly uh, fell asleep with the TV on five minutes after the kids went to bed. So I got myself a lot of sleep, which is why I may have a little bit more energy than usual, but safe to say uh, I missed a lot. I've been watching everything in highlights and reruns, but you try to ruin my weekend by telling me that my ace, the Cy Young of the American League, Tyler Glasnow, pulled himself out of the game last night. Yeah, I didn't mean to do that. I didn't expect it, you know, to take it so uh, bad. But uh, yeah, oh, I was, you know, I was, I'm, yeah, I'm, I was. Uh, <laughs> well, hopefully it's nothing too serious. But uh, what ended up happening was uh, Glass now Tyler Glass now, who, like you said, has been pitching like a Cy Young uh, in the AL for the Rays. Uh, basically motioned to the uh, Tampa Bay Rays bench for them to come to the mound and uh, made a couple of motions for them. And it didn't seem like the Rays bench didn't notice. And he was just like, ah, screw it. You know, I'll just pitch. But then they realized, uh, you know, that they were, he was calling them out and they rushed out and uh, he was taken out of the game, supposedly uh, experiencing some uh, forearm tightness. Uh, so uh, we'll see what happens. The fact that, he uh, seemed to, uh, you know, be able to. He was going to just, you know, continue pitching. Uh, I guess is encouraging, but who knows? That might have been the last pitch he threw in a while if he had pitched, uh, if he had thrown that pitch. But uh, hopefully, it's nothing major. Because look, you know, I mean, uh, I'm a Yankee fan, and we're battling the Rays for first place. But still, you, you love the story of Tyler Glass now and how he's been pitching uh, lights out this season. So, they traded uh, for I'm, Austin Meadows and Tyler Glass now. I know amazing, they gave up right? Archer, yeah. but what yeah. a steal right now. Yeah. And Meadows hit a home run uh, last night. He was on the DL for a while. But Meadows, man, uh, batting uh, three fifty nine on the season, two for four last night. So what a deal. <laughs> what a deal that they got, the Rays. Okay. Yeah. So, well, yeah, so why don't we start with that? So that was the big news. But on the flip side of things, as much as we're talking about Glass now, 
one of the guys competing for him for the Cy Young right now, and I know it's very premature, and I'm just kidding about the awards. I actually don't really care about the awards, as I've said many times on this show. As you get older as a sports fan, I think the thing that fades the most easily, certainly did for me, and I know for many other people, is worrying about the awards. Because worrying about here. what other people are voting on and their opinions on the Hall of Fame or the Cy Young or the MVP will drive you nuts. And it's mostly ridiculous because the best players sometimes haven't won an award like that. And other guys just sort of sneak in and steal one in an odd voting year. So that kind of stuff is just silly, especially the manner in which uh, – Baseball writers have taken stands against people. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, uh, not putting guys in, and not just for uh, PED reasons, but because they didn't like him. You know what I mean? They just didn't mm-hmm. like a guy because he was mean to the media. That's dumb. It's a really stupid stance to take, and they wanted to exact their pound of flesh on guys over the years, be it Jim Rice or others. Uh, I- I'm sorry if I don't respect the vote uh, totally, but Domingo Herman. Five innings, not maybe not his best outing, but he gets the win up to seven and one, Joe. Yeah, and really, what could you say about this guy? I mean, just basically, uh, when you needed him most with uh, Luis Severino, uh, you know, out. Uh, it looks like he's going to be out for a little bit longer than expected now. You know, it looks like well into July. And, and what he's done so far, seven wins, 2.7 ERA, 5Ks uh, last night, uh, gave up a couple of home runs. But, uh, you know, when you talk about, you know, he's, I think he's like top five in, in ERA in the AL. Uh, you know, and one of the, the guys on this Yankees team with all these injuries, you know, from the pitching side, from the uh, offense offensive side that have really made uh, watching the Yankees this year so much fun. I mean, they're 23 and 15 on the season. My only concern with Domingo Herman is how many innings he's going to be able to pitch for the duration of the season. I mean, I think last year might have pitched a total of 90 innings. So the Yankees are very, very careful about, you know, managing their innings pitch. Remember the Jabba rules from years back. So, yeah. uh, yeah. you know, maybe maybe in the, the middle of the season. Were a disaster, though. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they were. Really so were. I don't want to use that as a template for what what to Hopefully do. they've moved on from that. Yes. They like publicized the Jabba rules and then his next outing out there, I think they were playing the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays are like, All right, we're just gonna take all day. Yeah. And Jabba mm-hmm. was gone after like two and two thirds because he had thrown, you know, fifty five pitches or whatever. And right. it, it just didn't work. It so um all right, so on Herman, if he pitched, let me, I actually want to look up the exact number uh, from last year, if I can get it. Uh, forgive me uh, for checking on air. 85 and two-thirds last year. In the majors. Already up then, to 43. What right. would you put as a number for him where they're going to tap out? Is it 150? Is it 125? 125 would be a 50% increase. Right, and but 150 is the, is the number that came to mind before you mentioned it, and I think that's being a little aggressive based on you know what I you know we've seen from the Yankees uh, organization in the past. You know maybe they uh, put a situation in place where. Uh, maybe they use an opener, <laughs> use him as a, as an opener, uh, you know, in, in the middle of the season. You would hate to see, you know, him, uh, uh, you know, uh, be limited in terms of, you know, uh, you know, when they need him most in the middle of the season. But let's say if Sevy comes back, uh, Luis Severino comes back in early August, maybe they might move uh, Herman uh, into, uh, you know, a short uh, middle relief role. Yeah, it's crazy to say, but uh, you're gonna want the, this is a team that's expected to play uh, you know into the playoffs and well into october so you're gonna need them so yeah so uh, i said at 150 well at 85 innings last year it's 85 and two-thirds technically but at 85 innings last year a 75 percent increase puts them at 149 so that's a 75 percent bump if they get them up to 150 mm-hmm. i would think it's more likely closer to 125 because would make I think sense. 125, even though it's a 50% increase, it's still a reasonable number uh, if you're limiting somebody. But mm-hmm. that's fast approaching. That would put him at 125 by, let's see, we're midway through May. So that's only six weeks into the season. So 
12 weeks from now, right? Is that right? Yeah. yeah. 12 weeks from now, that puts us at... So we're talking August, right? Middle yeah. August? <laughs> yeah. And that's I... Crazy. So so that's part one. So let's mm-hmm. put that... Let's frame that. And you're talking about Severino. Do you honestly expect anything from Severino this year? Uh, I do. Uh, I'm not sure yeah. what we're going to get. Uh, and uh, again... But do you think he's going to come back and pitch? I do. Okay. I do. Uh, but, you know, like I said, I, I don't know what we're going to get from him. Is he going to be the Severino of old? You know? Right. Uh, I think we just got some recent uh, news that uh, he's going to not going to return. They expected him to be return before the All-Star break, and they changed that. So uh, it is concerning, but I don't think it's season-ending. But maybe I'm just being too optimistic. Yeah. I have my concerns as to and, – and – I guess to clarify my point, I don't expect anything from him, but maybe more to what you're saying. He's going to come back and pitch, but I just can't really expect that it'll be any good. I mean, he'll come <laughs> back and he'll feel like he's hurt again. What just right. concerns me about this stuff is like if he should have had surgery, but I don't even On know the ro- kind of thing where he needs cuff. surgery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But does he need surgery? Should they have just done it back in April and – on, on this season and see how he is for 2020. He's a long-term asset for them. Absolutely. That's reality. Yeah. So um, there's Gonna a be lot interesting on the, the trade on deadline the man. for 2019. Yeah, there's a mm-hmm. lot of, yes. The Dallas <laughs> Keuchel's still there, man. Yes. He's still yep. there. Mm-hmm. And he's digging in. There's an article on for him earlier this week. He is digging in. He ain't going anywhere. He's going to prorate what he thinks he's worth when mm-hmm. whoever needs him, needs him. But that might not happen for another month or so. Yeah, uh, it's pride at this point, right? Yeah, I think uh, the oh, yeah. Astros had uh, offered him the uh, eight, just just under eighteen million uh, back in December that he, uh, you know, he he didn't accept for one year. And yep. yeah, the qualifying offer. So uh, we'll see. And and uh, Gio Gonzalez, a guy who was the Yankees were uh, toying around with in their minor league system that they uh, released. He got his first win for the Brewers uh, last night. But uh, would not surprise me if uh, Dallas Keuchel is a Yankee, uh, you know, by by midseason. Uh, but it's looking like yeah. June because we talked about it last week where uh, they won't have to give up a compensatory pick or whatnot so we'll see what that's happens right. but uh, that's right yeah that he's, seems yeah, he's be, very proactive that seems to be the breaking point uh, right now mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. not worrying about giving out compensatory pick and i actually think once that expires that there'll be several teams looking at oh absolutely cycle. yeah that, that's mm-hmm. just really what it is right now he knows mm-hmm. it that's why he's digging in he's probably going to get the money that he's asking for uh prorated granted and he will have effectively given up some salary but he wants to pay be paid at market value He's on a prove-it deal for then four months, and then maybe he gets a two- or three-year deal after that. So I think the blueprint for Domingo Herman is what we saw last night. He threw five. Not terribly effective last night, but he can throw five. Tommy Canely with a hold. Adam Adovino with a hold. Zach Britton with a hold. And Rollins Chapman slams the door. Uh, collectively, they were scoreless. They gave up uh, a few hits, a couple of walks. They had a collective six strikeouts. So that's the end. Adovino got, got out of a uh, bases loaded, no out jam. So uh, crazy. So that's, yeah. Yeah. Pretty crazy. But Adovino's uh, giving you some heartburn at a couple of points this season, but he's got eight mm-hmm. holds. The ERA remains low, and I, mm-hmm. I think overall he's been a good addition. This is still the best bullpen in baseball, yes? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, and it's been playing, it's been pitching very well uh, over the past several games, and, uh, you know, been another, I mean, there's so many uh, reasons why the Yankees are as successful as they've been, uh, even with all the injuries. I think I had 13 players on the IL at one point. Yeah. Uh, yep. So everyone pitching in. Uh, you, we have to mention uh, Gio Urshela. I was who, just about uh, to bring a, him out. Perfect oh transition. Goodness. Not, yeah. not only has he been a godsend for the Yankees, he's actually been a valuable fantasy player. Yeah, yeah. And who would have thought it? Because, you know, uh, you and I are Yankee fans, and, you know, you watch some games, and uh, when he first uh, came on the scene, you know, the announcer said, hey, look, this is a guy that has a great glove. Just, you know, he really can't hit. And, uh, you know, I 
basically I, I accepted it. But then you watch this guy play every day and he's just, you know, big at bats after big at bats. And then you look at his, um, you know, his his minor league uh, uh, numbers and they weren't terrible. You know, I, I don't know why they yeah. say he can. I guess I guess just, you know, his first few years in the major leagues wasn't very successful at the plate. But uh, yeah. God, he really has some big hits for the Yankees. Where would they be without him? Yeah, he's three, hitting three forty nine, uh, just two homers, but 13 RBIs. He's just really had some clutch hits for them. So mm-hmm. uh, he's certainly a guy that you can roster on fantasy teams for now. The Yankees have been using him as much as they can. And a hard DH last night. He went one for four. Torres, one for three last night with an RBI. And Gary Sanchez, two more hits. Uh, a run scored LeMahieu Voigt with the hits. And on the Rays side, as you said, Austin Meadows, two for four. The two ribbies, he got the home run off of Herman. Choi with a solo, homo, a solo homer off of Herman. So uh, outside of that, that's really the totality of the Rays scoring. But Yanks win, a uh, big one, 4-3. You mentioned the yeah. Brew Crew, and I want to get there because they blanked the Cubs yesterday. Seven to nothing. As you mentioned, Gio Gonzalez, his first win of the year. He goes five and two thirds, three walks, three Ks, only the two hits. So he kept kept it relatively clean there. Uh, Guerra with a hold, Claudio with a hold, but it was a seven nothing uh, blowout for the Brew Crew. Can, Jose Quintana takes the loss. He went six and two thirds, giving up three runs, four hits, three walks. So uh, let's see. On the hitting side of things, uh, Christian Yelich, a hit and a run scored. Ryan Braun had a big home run there yesterday. And he goes one for four, two two runs, uh, and an RBI scored. Yasmani Grandal, (laughs) former near Met, two for four, two ribbies yesterday. Aguiar, one for three with a couple of RBIs yesterday. So Brew Crew uh, just continue to play good baseball. They're eight games over 500. Yeah, and, uh, you know, a lot of us had uh, thought the NL East would be the uh, division to watch. And, you know, it's still early, but when you look at the central division in the NL, uh, now you have uh, the uh, Cubbies and the Brewers uh, in a virtual tie for first place. That's right. Uh, the Cardinals a game and a half back, and even the uh, the Pirates a game over 500 and three and a half back. But uh, Brewers, uh, I tell you, you can't, uh, uh, you know, uh, what Josh Hader has done for this bullpen as well is, should be uh, uh, brought up. This guy could get you multiple pitch, multiple innings for a save. Uh, Travis Old Shaw school. has been real. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Travis Shaw, uh, just a, a side note, is won't be playing this weekend. Really been slumping, uh, and uh, I think the Cubbies are putting out uh, the lefty pitching, which he has had a, a hard time pitching against. But uh, Brewers are a fun team to watch, you know, with the they offense are. and, and Yelich and uh, they are. just They're getting it done. Lorenzo yeah. Payne, Christian Yelich. Oh, you know, Mike how many Moustakis. home runs has he robbed this year? It's crazy. <laughs> Kane, right? Yeah. Yeah, he he really, I've said this before on the show, he's one of my favorite players uh, to watch. Mm-hmm. He's a little bit throwback. Like we said, he gets you a lot of steals. He can hit for average. He's got a little bit of pop. He's only hitting 248 right now, but he is a, he's a little bit of a throwback player. He's the kind of player that we saw a little bit more of when I was kind of growing up, you know, all-around players. He's not a big swing for the fences kind of guy. He's a legitimate, well-rounded baseball player. Absolutely. And like, uh, you know, we, we, as I alluded to, just just his defense, uh, you know, there are two or three plays that stand out just that you watch, you know, uh, replays after the game, just where he's uh, corralled uh, balls that should have been home runs. And he just, uh, you know, uh, that's a big part of the game. Yeah. He and Jackie Bradley Jr. Are battling for most home runs, <laughs> Rob, but what uh, mm-hmm. JBJ did the other night uh, in Baltimore. Oh, my goodness, yeah. Absurd. Trey Mancini uh, robbing him of a home run. He got as high up over the wall as I've seen anybody do it in a while. So what we'll come back, we'll talk more baseball. We'll get into that NL Central a little bit, maybe that NL early NL playoff picture. If Joe thinks all three teams from the Central can get to the postseason. So it's Mike and Joe. We'll be back talking more baseball on this Mother's Day weekend on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Hit us up on Twitter at FNTSY Radio. We'll be right back.
From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Welcome back to FST Saturday Morning Edition. Hope you all are enjoying Mother's Day weekend. Big plans. As I said, my mom was, uh, had to go visit my mom. In the hospital uh, yesterday, but it looks like she's coming home today. So we're going to be uh, going to be having a good Mother's Day weekend, regardless. Uh, it appears to be nothing particularly serious. Uh, and Joe, I know you have something interesting planned w- with your wife. Now you have uh, two children, correct? Yes, yes, I do. Uh, they're a little. Mine. My yeah, I got yeah. little ones. Yours are a little older than mine. Oh yeah, my my uh, daughter is twenty one. My son is twenty three. He happens to be uh, he's not going to be home for Mother's Day. The son of a gun. He's in California with some buddies. Went to the Dodgers game last night. But uh, so me, yeah, <laughs> so jealous. Me, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've never been to Chavez uh, Ravine. Me neither. And we went to uh, California about seven years ago as a family, went to San Diego Comic-Con and uh, spent some time in San Diego, obviously, and uh, L.A. Uh, L.A. was out of town. But we visited uh, San Diego's uh, Petco Park. And yeah. it's pretty nice because from, from the, they weren't home as well, which is odd. But uh, you could go throughout the back of the, the stadium and actually just hang out. They let you in uh, where you could sit in like a, a little grassy area. And it's a if really beautiful over stadium. To, yeah, it's funny. If you walk over to Camden Yards, like when there's nothing going on, mm-hmm. honestly, you could just easily walk in there. Now, I, when I was there last year, it was like during the off season, So... I just there's a little area there where they have the statues of Brooks Robinson and Frank Robinson and Cal Ripken in the like way in center field. But Mm -hmm. honestly, I could just step over the railing and like walk (laughs) into the stadium. I could have sat there. I don't you know, there was probably a security guard or a groundskeeper that would have kicked me out. But I was just like, I didn't feel the need to do it. So I just didn't do it. But you could easily walk in there. But uh, yeah, I guess it's good that you can kind of tour those places but maybe you and i one day we'll get our there you go of going there you to go. Ravine. your snapper of a son is there when it, yeah, yeah. he's 24 years old though yeah 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 he's yeah and uh, a couple of years ago he went to uh san francisco and he went to see the giants play and you know he texted me like, i have been to that stadium yeah he says it's beautiful he likes that it is. better than uh dodger stadium or whatnot but i've heard but, the uh, dodger stadium is just a really nice setting to go see the game now san francisco right. probably trumps that but mm-hmm. you know la's scenery where the stadium is is, is allegedly beautiful i just have yeah. seen it in person a friend of mine who is a an actor and a diehard cubs fan uh says dodgers games are great you just mm-hmm. It's everything that you've heard about. People show up right. late and leave early. They're there for four right. or five innings, and you got to deal with it. So, uh, I tell you, one person who doesn't do that is uh, Mary Hart, uh, formerly of uh, Entertainment Tonight. Whenever I watch a Dodgers game uh, <laughs> on TV, she's locked in right behind home plate, and she's she's in on every pitch. <laughs> you know, so uh, yeah, I tip my cap to her. But in you terms of what, what would. Yeah, we should have yeah. her on here. Get a Dodgers breakdown. Absolutely, uh, but as far as what we're doing tomorrow, which is kind of like uh, odd and out of the box, my wife has always wanted to visit a, a gun range and shoot a gun legally, of course. So yes. <laughs> tomorrow, so in tomorrow, in a controlled environment, exactly, people exactly. around just at targets. Abs- you got it. So uh, tomorrow, oddly enough, Mother's Day, uh, I'll be on the air from 8 to 11. But from there, we're going to travel to this uh, gun range in New Jersey. Uh, and uh, me, my wife, and my daughter are going to go and uh, you know rent uh, whatever firearm she wants in a controlled setting, of course. And uh, she'll be shooting some, uh, some ammunition. <laughs> I've had some friends it's that just... have done that kind of stuff, like target mm-hmm. shooting and that kind of stuff. They said it's a lot of fun. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, yeah. I haven't done it in like 20, 30 years because I had a friend that owned guns, you know, legally and whatnot. And sure. there's a, a place uh, out in Long Island near where uh, Na- near Nassau Coliseum. I don't know if it's still there, but uh, we used to go there. But uh, should be fun. Just as long as she doesn't take a picture of my face and put it on the target uh, <laughs> that she's shooting at. Don't hold I'm your breath, Joe. <laughs> right. So it'll be an interesting day. Yes. Yes. Could happen. So, whatever. Yeah. Whatever gets her through the night. To, or it's her day. day. Happy, yeah. exactly. It's a happy Mother's Day <laughs> to her. Uh, but that's cool. It's different. It's different. Yes. Um, yeah. I don't think my wife would do that. I don't think that's her bag. But uh-huh. um, she honestly wanted to spend the whole day solo by herself today. Just do a little shopping, maybe get some nails well, she done. she deserves it. She's earned it. I right? agree. She's got two little Pamper, kids and she works. Herself. And I'm trying my best to get it done. Little family complications this week. But um, mm-hmm. I'm trying my best to get her out. She went out to dinner with some friends last night. So uh, I try to give her her space for the weekend because – I think that's my wife's biggest challenge is that she doesn't get a lot of space. She's got two mm-hmm. little kids and anybody out there with two little kids understands that mom is mom is the winner. Like yes. they they are into mom and mm-hmm. as much as they're into me, mom is the oh the yeah. primary parent. Do you know what I mean? That's just mm-hmm. the way it is when the kids are little. So um she doesn't get a lot of space whenever she's sitting around in the house. Both kids kind of want to be on her lap. So it, it, it can be claustrophobic at times. And I think getting some time out by herself will be uh, interesting. So let's move on to another heartwarming story. And that uh, Mike Trout, this guy is awesome. <laughs> so Mike Trout last night, um, I'll, I'll set it up. Eddie Matz, ESPN senior writer. Uh, says, 90 minutes for the L.A. Angels series opener against the Baltimore Orioles on Friday night. Seven-year-old superfan Gavin Edelson asked his favorite player to hit a homer for him. Trout, who had gone deep just once in his previous 17 games, responded by telling the youngster, I need to hit a home run tonight. And then he went out, and he hit yard. And he went yard. So Mike Trout sent a 3-2 fastball from O-star to Dan Straley over the wall in left center. The towering shot, which had a launch angle of 38 degrees and didn't clear the fence by much, looked as though it might be caught by Baltimore center's, center fielder Stevie Wilkerson, but he missed it. So Gavin Edelson, who apparently dresses like Mike Trout every day, got his call, uh, got his, made his call to Mike Trout, and Mike Trout goes out and hits that home run. They win 8-3. to three. Tommy LaStella hitting a run. Uh, Mike Trout goes 2-4 last night, two runs scored. Three RBIs. That was a two-run homer that he had. And Drelton Simmons. I got him. Mm. I had him in the lineup last night. Oh, man. I think I took him out, Joe. I'm checking uh, right now. I'm checking right now. That's the dangers of these, uh, of these uh, where we could set up a lineup every day, I right? Know. Cause, you let's know. Because, you let's say if he was off on Thursday, uh, he was in. get to put him back. Oh, all right, he was there you in. Go. Yep. Clutch. Four for five, two ribbies, and two runs scored. Simmons has been amazing this year. Absolutely. 308. Yep, yep. And you know what? He's been a, a very nice hitter over his career. Uh, overall, 270 batting average for his career last year. 11 home runs, 10 RBIs. So, you know, a nice, uh, you know, more, I guess more of a, a middle infielder. But you could, you know, in, in a deeper league, you could use him at the shortstop. Uh, and I think we our league is a 14-team league, so that's fairly deep. But, yeah, yeah I mean. Uh, and we have two Simmons. utility spots. He's my right. guy that I'm rotating in and out of utility and shortstop. Bring him out, bring him in. Lately, I've been mostly leaving him in because Jerks and Profar oh, he was slumping for hit a while, water right? if he mm-hmm. fell out of a boat. Mm-hmm. So he's right. been better as of late, but he's been brutal. But Simmons has been really good, so another big game for him. But the legend of Mike Trout grows with this call of the home run, Joe. Absolutely, and I was watching you know, a little recap of the game on MLB Network, and they showed uh, Trout. You know, signing some stuff for the the uh, the kid that you were talking about, and uh, he, you know, they showed the video where he said, "Hey, I better hit a home run tonight." And uh, they, uh, the the video I was watching, you know, had uh, a split screen where you could see Trap hitting the home run, the, and the reaction from the kid that he had signed all the uh, paraphernalia for. Uh, it was really heartwarming to see. You know, a guy like uh, you know uh, Trout, one of the faces of uh, Major League Baseball, realizing, that, you know, that he. Uh, you know, he has a fan base that 
you know, looked up to him. And it was just heartwarming, like you mentioned to start off the segment, uh, that he takes that into account. And uh, you, know, you look at his numbers, I think he's batting, what, 292 with eight home runs? And, and uh, you know, people think, well, what the heck is wrong with uh, with Trout? <laughs> you know, when he's not batting 330, uh, you, yeah. you're wondering what the heck is wrong with him. But uh, yeah. uh, nice to see. Yeah. Uh, Cahill gets the win last night. He's 2-3 and three on the season. Australia, the loss drops to 1-3. and three. As far as things on the side of the Orioles, Trey Mancini goes yard last night. <laughs> I was just mentioning how JBJ, Jackie Bradley Jr., uh, saved a home run from him the other mm. night, robbed a home run from him the other night. But Mancini, in general, 326, and that's his seventh home run of the season. Yeah, I uh, own him in a couple of leagues. He's a guy that, you know, I've been following, you know, for a couple of years. You know, I used to write a uh, a prospects uh, column for the Roto Experts. And uh, he was a guy, if you look at his minor league numbers, you know, high batting average, hit the power. Uh, so it's really not surprising that he is coming to his own. And, uh, you know, one of the bright spots for the Orioles, you know, not a guy that you're build a team around, but but once the Orioles get better, he's going to be a really nice piece of the puzzle. You know, who knows? Maybe, uh, you know, if if they really decide, I mean, they're obviously in a full-blown rebuild mode. It might be a a guy that they move, uh, pick up a couple of, you know, uh, decent prospects. But for now, you know, keep him in your lineup. Plus, he's got a nice Italian last name, Joe. I think it's a little, <laughs> a little bit of boost for you. Absolutely, Tom, yes. Tommy Lastella, Trey Mancini playing <laughs> against another last night. You get a whole lineup. My own. Uh, my own. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, so that's it for A's, uh, Angels, Orioles, 8-3. to three. Back to the uh, NL Central for a minute because we talked about that in the last segment. Um, so you have these three teams that are really battling here. I think anybody would tell you that – these certainly the Cubs in Milwaukee are they're in the elite teams in the league. You know, they're kind of top level of teams in the league. St. Louis obviously playing right there with them. Now, the Dodgers have the best record in I'm just double checking, best record in the entire league right now. Yeah, no. In the NL, the I think in the entire the league twins, is the Twins, yes. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy to think of, but um, mm-hmm. you know, we knew it was coming at some point for the Twins. So uh, the Dodgers at 26 and 15, and then the Cubs and Milwaukee. There, it's a first place battle this weekend, and Milwaukee takes the first one. We'll see what happens the rest of the weekend. But would you expect? How would you expect these NL teams to shake out? Dodgers to win the West. Who wins the Central? Who wins the East? And give me your playoff teams. And you know, we're six weeks in, but I'm just curious if it's playing out the way you anticipated. Uh, well, uh, Dodgers, I think, are going to hold on and, and win the division. Uh, interesting to see Arizona hanging in there. Yes. Uh, and it's pretty cool to see uh, San Diego over 500. And when you yes. look at their roster, you know, they, they obviously uh, Machado gave them, uh, you know, maybe maybe gave them a, an underlying boost. You know, it yeah. made them believe in themselves, showed that the, the uh, you know, the ownership is looking to build a winner. And uh, when you look at the Padres, you know, what Fran Mill uh, Reyes has been doing lately as well uh, is, is out of sight. Uh, when you you know the, the power that he's uh, put and, and hitting for average, a lot of moving parts in that uh, outfield. But uh, Fran Mill Reyes really you know shining there. He won three for five last night, batting two seventy five on the year. But uh, this Central, I, I really can't pick a winner. Uh, you know, because it's just it's just too tight. You know, uh, yeah. the and at least one thing I find uh, interesting is now the Mets. Uh, you know, there's been some talk about you know Mickey Callaway's job, manager Mickey Matt Callaway, his job being in jeopardy. Uh, but the, the I don't next, think there's one person that's been impressed with what he's done since he came over. Right, here right. And uh, the next week, so I think or so, he was on shaky is, ground going in, and if they continue yeah. to remain below 500 and nobody can hit, then uh, I think it's going to be his job. These next few series are very important because they're playing the Marlins this weekend, and then uh, I forget who the next uh, series is, but then they play the Tigers. So, you know, this is uh, this is kind of like, it seems like this is going uh, to be almost like a, a do or die so. yeah, yeah, for Callaway. So, uh, but uh, look, you know, the, and the Nationals, man, look at the Nationals have really been slumping as well. So, yeah. Uh, the NL East, look, uh, probably the Mets did win eleven two last night to their credit. So yeah, maybe they get a sweep out of the Marlins. Yeah, that's what you have to do. You have to beat the the the, the bad teams. Look, so the interesting thing early, 
the interesting thing early about these teams is the Dodgers are are they the highest uh, the highest run differential in the league is Tampa right now plus 58 uh, you got a few other teams around plus 50 the Dodgers are the highest in the National League along with the Cubs at plus 50 run differential Milwaukee's mm-hmm. all the way down at plus nine despite the fact that they're virtually tied with the Cubs mm-hmm. St. Louis back up to plus 25 but the the real disparity here the Dodgers are 11 games over 500 Arizona Five, they're only three games back, but the run differential for the Dodgers is plus 50 and Arizona plus 17. You're saying the Padres are over 500, yes, but currently at a run differential of minus nine. Now, we stu- we are looking at a somewhat limited sample, but we're still six weeks in. The numbers would tell you that the Padres will probably remain right around there at 500 or slightly below it with that kind of run differential. And the Dodgers, if they continue to build upon that, that would pull away from most teams, you know, if they continue to be plus 50, plus 100, whatever it is by the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, I'm not expecting the Padres to, to win the division, but look, they are making strides. So, that, I mean, and you look at their starting pitching staff as well. You know, uh, I, I know we talked about, you know, innings limitations on Domingo Herman, and there might be some li- innings limitations on some of the uh, Padres starters with like Matt Stram and Chris Paddock. But look, they've got a nice base, a nice nucleus from which to build uh, Padres. And that's a good point that you bring. The, the run differential definitely has to be taken into consideration. But I, I do see the, the Dodgers holding on. Uh, agreed. So, you know, Joe and I talked off air whether or not we should talk about uh, what he's doing tomorrow for Mother's Day. And I think we do it and we, we did it because it's in fun and I think it's a really unique thing and I think it's hilarious and awesome that your wife wants to do that. We're not bringing mm-hmm. that t- those types of topics up to be insensitive because we understand there was yet another school shooting earlier this week, yeah. the third in Colorado yeah. that I can remember, Columbine. There was a this school shooting. There was another shooting, rather, in a movie theater in Aurora, Colorado. I've been to mm-hmm, those mm-hmm. places often. It's uh, unbelievable to see these things. You become desensitized to it. I know I'm becoming desensitized to it, except for the fact that I have two little kids and it scares the hell out of me. So uh, I just want to say that we were not bringing up those topics to be insensitive. We understand the tragedy that took place and he and I both having had uh, children uh, actively dealing with little kids and children that aren't that much older send our thoughts and prayers out to that. I don't know if the thoughts and prayers even matter anymore. But we're mm-hmm. doing our best, and we're trying to keep it light here. But we felt it was need it is needed for us to mention that. So, yep, it is Mother's Day weekend. We're going to try and celebrate. We'll have fun with football after the break. So, Joe and I'll be back on FST the Saturday edition on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.